joy to the world. All the boys and girls. I don't I don't know why this song is stuck in my head. It's probably some stupid commercial I watched. I don't know. I don't remember watching any commercials. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. But I helped him make his wine. And he, no, drink his wine, and he always had a mighty fine wine. That used to be my favorite song to sing on this, like, karaoke PlayStation 2 game. But none of us were good at the game. (laughs) So we would just go, into the microphone to win and get the best score. Either I'm the one who, like, invented that technique and then someone did it better than me and I got mad, or I was trying to do it earnestly and then someone did that and was better than me and I got mad. (laughs) It's time for another chapter of a story worth telling. So to recap last episode, Naya was on guard duty with Keon for the first time since their argument, and they went together to meet with Malvolia. After Naya's shift ended and she left, it was discovered that a necklace was missing and it was found in Naya's pockets. She was arrested and sent Keon to Selene to watch a video that disclosed her past and how Oriana Venturi, the crown princess of Alaria, became Naya Matheson personal guard to Keon. We left off with Keon deciding that it's time for him to go talk to Naya about her past and figure out how to clear her from arrest and prevent her from falling into the hands of the people who might have tried to kill her. sits across from Naya in the holding cell she's in. Her hands are magnetically cuffed to the table, preventing her from moving too much, and Keon sits alone across from her. It had been a struggle to try to convince the guards to let him go in alone, but in the end he made it happen, suggesting that maybe he could get more information out of her, and they relented. Naya was hesitant to meet Keon's gaze, But after a moment of sitting in uncomfortable silence about the elephant in the room, she looks up and gives an uncomfortable chuckle. (laughs) So I guess you know my secret now. She gave a grimace smile, trying to lighten the mood, but it's difficult to do when everything is so heavy. Kian returned a half-hearted smile and opened his mouth to speak before closing it again and then starting again. Why didn't you tell me sooner when I asked you about it after Audric confronted you? Keon asked. You know I would have helped and I would have prevented this from even happening. Naya looked away, a bit embarrassed, as she tried to explain herself. 
Yeah, I I should have told you. Um, but to me, I'm not Oriana anymore. That past is dead to me, and I don't want to be that person again. And I do my best to not remember it. I didn't want you to know because I didn't want that connection. W- wait, can I interrupt it? Should shouldn't we be more careful? Uh, throwing the the O word around Kian nudges his head towards the cameras in the corner Naya shakes her head with a smirk on her face oh no Sol has that covered don't worry about it she's probably making it seem like I'm not talking to you either Kian cocked his head your soul can hack our security system Naya laughed. Oh, oh, she can do a lot more damage than that, yes. She works in the library alone with no patrons all day, every day. She has a lot of time to break things and put them back together. Kian rubbed his temples at this new revelation about Soul's computer prowess, but that was going to have to be a problem for a different day. That's fine. Um, another question for you, then. You were a part of the Roaches, Kian asked, and Naya nodded in response. The gang that was super active and mysteriously disappeared. Again, Naya nodded in response. How long were you with them? Were you a part of the Siren Tower robbings? Naya grimaced and nodded. And what about the Chespin Bank fire? Naya winced at that one and nodded again. Yeah, that one went a bit wrong, she said. So you were an active criminal in Hala, Kian said, throwing his hands up in the air. Naya tipped her head back and forth. Uh, I guess. We were a group of people that were outcasts and didn't fit in in society and the culture and were constantly being overlooked or rejected and yeah we did some rough stuff but we always made sure that our victims were people that wouldn't actually be hurt by the loss of some money or some property and what about the employees of those companies kian asked who didn't do anything wrong who had everything to lose naya closed her eyes look i i had just lost my father. I had lost the first friend that I found after that. I was a part of a attempted kidnapping. I had been estranged from my entire family and my entire past life. Maybe I did some things that I shouldn't have. Maybe I hurt some people that I shouldn't have. But that's done and that's in the past. But I was just looking for a family and somewhere to belong and a new life to start. If you want to have me convicted for being a part of the Roaches and have me thrown in jail, then that's up to you. There's really not much I can do. I am very much at your mercy, and I have shown you all of the cards that I have. Kian stayed silent, brows furrowed, thinking about Naya and her past and his experiences with her and what he was going to do. There was a long pause of silence between the two of them before Keon finally looks up. 
you didn't steal the necklace? He finally asked. No, I I didn't. Naya answered, honestly. I'm pretty sure Audric set me up and had LaRue planted on me when I left. So what do you want to do next? Kian asked, slowly assessing Naya's reaction to the question. She gives a sad, faraway look in response and tries to give a hopeful smile, but it doesn't. It doesn't come through. Well, I would have liked to stay here, but that's not an option anymore. If you can keep me from being prosecuted, I think I might go home for the first time in a really long time. I'm just tired of trying to move on and everything from my past coming up again and trying to haunt me and stealing away everything, everything that I've built up. And honestly, I hate this, but I think it might be time to start fighting back. Kian can see the sincerity and determination igniting in Naya's eyes in a way that he hadn't seen before. Kian nodded, stood up from the table, and looked Naya in the eye. I will do my best to make sure you don't have another life stolen from you. Tears started welling up in Naya's eyes as Kian turned away and walked out of the room to start making negotiations to not make any convictions and to let her go so she can start building something that can't be taken away. Vitaly was spending his morning with Allegra organizing the storage rooms and cleaning some of the equipment there. She had asked for his help, and with Audric being out of town, there wasn't as much for him to do. They sat together on a bench in the front of one of the training rooms, diligently cleaning and scrubbing away. Vitaly was wiping down the padded gloves and protective armor, and Allegra was working on regripping some of the plastic, harmless pellet guns. An array of random practice weapon and gear surrounded them on the floor. Some of them cleaned, some of them to be cleaned. And they made idle conversation, catching up while they worked. Orson's going to be the death of me one of these days, Allegra grumbled as she stretched tape over the grip. He's supposed to be in charge of security, and yet... Every time he needs to do something, he comes to me for help, Allegra complained. Vitaly finished polishing off the fabric on one glove and picked up its partner to continue doing the same. Well, that was your job before you switched to training and teaching. Yeah, Allegra replied. I switched jobs, that means I don't want to do the old one anymore. Or they can pay me for two jobs since I'm apparently doing his as well. Vitaly shook his head, unable to absolve any of her complaints, and instead changing the subject. Well, clearly you hate your brother as much as ever, but how's your wife and kid doing? Vitaly asked. 
Allegra scoffed at him. <laughs> you would know if you'd bothered to visit them. Rowan's been telling me that I need to invite you over and that, and telling me how much she wants you to meet Kane, but I keep telling her I've invited you. But you just can't fit your old teacher and her lovely family into your new schedule. Vitaly laughed as she grilled him for not visiting, and it was, it was true. He had been meaning to visit her and her new family for a while, but there's always something else coming up that got in the way. <laughs> Look, I promise I will visit soon, Vitaly assured. Allegra snorted in response. <laughs> yeah, my kid's gonna be ten by then, and he's probably gonna be as tall as you. Oh, so I see your kid doesn't take after your side of the family then. Vitaly joked back. Allegra laughed along in good humor and continued telling Vitaly about her kid and how he's doing and telling little stories about everyday life. Ah, that's enough about me, though, Allegra said after a little bit. What have you been up to, Akila? Vitaly shrugged in response, his hands still moving about their task, cleaning another set of armor. Ah, it's been pretty slow this week, he replied. Just keeping up with training and practice and working on some tasks that Audric left for me. I actually had time to visit my sister this week, though. Hey, good for you, Allegra chimed in. You must be having a great time without Audric breathing down your neck. Vitale hesitated. I, I have more free time, yes, but I certainly wouldn't say he's always breathing down my neck. Allegra gave a doubtful look. Isn't he always ordering you around and talking down to you? Allegra asked. Vitaly's hands paused in their task as he looked down at the armor in his hands. No, Vitaly replied. He has a lot of ideas and plans for helping the country, and I just help him out as much as I can. Allegra studied Vitale out of the side of her eye, but otherwise didn't react too much. Well, I guess that's good, but if he ever gets to be too much... You let me know, okay? <laughs> okay, Vitale replied, brushing her off a little bit. Allegra noticed the time and finished up the grip on the last gun and stood up. All right, well, I've got to get to class in a little bit. We should probably start cleaning up, eh? She said to Vitale, who also nodded and stood up and started gathering the things up off the floor. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw a quick swing of motion moving towards him. And he quickly dipped and rolled to the side, onto his back and then onto his feet, looking to Allegra, who had swung one of the poles at him. She laughed at his quick response. <laughs> All right. I see you're still paying attention and haven't forgotten any of our lessons. Vitale raised an eyebrow. With a swing that slow, it seems like you might have. He retorted back. Oh, is this a challenge? Vitaly opened his mouth to reply, but before he could say anything, Allegra moved in, swinging the staff, aiming at his legs. Allegra was a short, stocky person using the staff to extend her reach, so Vitaly knew that in order to get closer, he'd have to wrestle away from her grip. But her stature didn't make her weak, and he wasn't sure that his strength was enough to wrestle it from her grip. He dodged back, and then when... Allegra returned another swing. He dashed in closer, grabbing the staff, redirecting its swing, and cracking it against his knee. Allegra laughed as she bounced back 
and discarded her broken end of the staff. Hey, we just cleaned and regripped those, and now you want to break everything? She replied, but Vitale knew that she was happily surprised by the move and that she didn't hold anything sacred. He started moving in again, but Allegra moved quickly, kicking the gear at her feet up at him. He hesitated as he dodged and deflected the armor and gloves and staves that flew at him. And while he was caught up in the frenzy, Allegra dashed forward, knocked his feet out from under him, grabbing his shirt as he fell backwards. Everything around you is a tool, Akilla, she said, of course, using it as a learning opportunity. Good try, though, she said, and then she teasingly squeezed his cheeks and let him fall. But before he fell, Vitale grabbed Allegra's arm and pulled her to the ground with him, throwing her across the floor. Vitale used the momentum to get back to his feet, but Allegra was, of course, quick and cunning and also rolled and did a spin kick, knocking him immediately to his feet again until they were both on the floor laughing at each other. All right, you got me. Vitale conceded. Allegra gave him a congratulatory clap on the back and then motioned that they really did need to finish cleaning up the equipment. They were finishing putting the last few things away when Allegra got a call and had to step aside. Vitaly finished putting the last thing on the item himself and then shut the doors, keying in the security code to lock them. Allegra came back with her brows furrowed and a frown. So apparently the kid is throwing up sick and Rowan was called out to work. I hate to ask this again, but do you think you could take over teaching this class for me while I go take care of Kane? Oof. Vitaly replied jokingly, you do Orson's job, I do your job. I think we're all just in the wrong roles. Then earnestly, yes, I can, I can take over for you. Do you got a lesson plan for me? They walked back together to the benches in the practice room, and Allegra went through her stuff, as she explained. Yeah, these are some of our newer on-duty guards, so it should mostly be drills and coordination trainings, but here's my tablet with the lessons on it. But if you think of something different, go for it. I trust you and and thank you, Allegra said. Vitaly nodded and smiled warmly to her, and she gave a wave and hurried off. It wasn't unusual for Vitaly to sit in on Allegra's lessons, and he knows he taught this particular class of people one or two times before, so it shouldn't be too much of a stretch. But still, when the newer active guards start coming into the room for their regular class and see Vitale, their eyes light up with surprise and admiration, and Vitale can see the change in their posture as they try to stand a little bit taller and try to make a little bit more effort to be seen and noticed and recognized by one of the Atiri. He starts off following Allegra's directions and then makes a few changes when he sees some of the weak points of the group. He answers questions that the curious guards ask, and when the class ends, they all leave, gratefully thanking him for his time, and he goes back to his room feeling lighter.
day before the festival and a few days after Naya's arrest. He had been going about business as usual, attending meetings with his parents, setting up plans for the Starlight Festival, attending to the Alarian guests, but he always felt a few steps removed from whatever was going on. His mind still processing Naya and Oriana and Audric and Malvolia, trying to figure out all the pieces that were moving but never getting very far and never being able to fit anything together. He was pacing through the halls and found himself standing outside the library. He hadn't been to see Soul since she showed him Naya's videos, but apparently today was the day to return and visit her. She wasn't at her desk, so he wandered through the shelves and checked the reading nooks to see if she was there, and he found her sitting cross-legged on one of the low coffee tables, despite there being a chair very close by, and she was hunched over a book, of course. He knocked on a shelf as he passed, alerting her of his presence and approach. She looked up sharply, becoming aware of her surroundings, maybe for the first time, and standing up from the table and setting the book down. Hello, welcome back, Selene said in a greeting, then leaning behind Kian to greet his guard. Hi, I'm Selene, nice to meet you, she said to Zenobia, but Zenobia only returned a very curt nod as a greeting, and Selene awkwardly nodded back. Hey, so what's going on? What's... What's new? What, what have you been up to? Keon let out a heavy sigh as he slumped into one of the chairs in the reading nook, and Selene took a seat in the chair across from him. It's been a weird week, Keon replied. You might have already heard this, but Naya isn't being charged with anything, and they're going to release her today. Selene's eyebrows rose in surprise. Oh, I hadn't heard that yet. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. She's still fired from her job and banned from the palace, but yeah, she at least won't be going to prison. Yes, that is still rough, but definitely better than prison. A heavy silence hung in the air for all of the things that they couldn't talk about in front of Zenobia, but Selene quickly shot to her feet in excitement. Oh, I have something to show you. Stay right there. I will be right back, she said before darting off through the shelves. Kian gave... An amused smile as he waited, and when Selene returned, she had a heavy book in her arms. Check this out, she said as she threw the book on the table in front of Kion, and then immediately winced as it slammed on the surface. Oh, I probably should not throw that. That might be a good thing for a librarian to not do. Kion couldn't help but laugh at her energy and scooted forward to the edge of his seat to see what she wanted to show him. She kneeled on the ground next to him in front of the table and flipped open the book. So I came across this while organizing things in the library and I immediately thought of you. As she flipped through pages, it was clear it was a photography picture book, a large collection of all different pieces from all kinds of photographers all over the world. Now, all of these pictures are fantastic and I think you would enjoy, but there is one specifically that I wanted to show you. The page she stopped on was one depicting a 
downtown street in Hala. It wasn't clear what city, but it didn't matter because it was a site that just felt like home. Not in the specific sense of that's where he lived or where he grew up, but in the sense that it was familiar. A scene that could be found in most cities in Hala. The shot was of a street, towering buildings above it, bright neon lights striping across the surfaces, and shot from a low angle across a puddle that reflected everything above it. And it was the same sort of duality of material and reflection, and how the same thing carried different character in each side that Gian had been interested in expressing in his own art, and somehow Selene found it somewhere else and thought of him. Kian smiled, his hand running over the picture, studying the details. Thank you for showing this to me, he said, sincerely grateful. Can I borrow this? I really want to look through all of them now. Oh yeah, of course. I will put it in the system whenever I get back over there. Who knows how long that will take, but don't worry about it. I will not forget. They spent the next stretch of time together going through pictures in the book and both of them pointing out laughably bad details in pictures and also discussing some of the interesting techniques of some really beautiful ones. Selene ended up laying on the ground and climbing on some of the shelves, mocking the way photographers need to stand to get the perfect angle. And Keon found himself laughing along and just enjoying the moment. But before too long, Zenobia reminded Keon what time it was and of his next upcoming meeting, and he reluctantly stood up. Ah, I, I guess I need to get going now. But thank you so much for showing this to me, Kian said, putting the book under his arm. He started to leave and then hesitated, turning back towards Selene. Uh, actually, are you planning on going to the Starlight Festival tomorrow? Sol shrugged. Oh, I, I don't know. I wasn't really planning on it. I wouldn't know anyone but you. Kian nodded, but felt disappointment in his chest. Ah, yeah, I, I get that. Um, I don't want to pressure you, but I, I would really appreciate it if you went and if I could see you there. Um, it's It's been weird this last week, and I really don't know how to be around the Alarians. And I had a fun time with you today for the first time in a little while, and I, I just, I think it'd be fun. But I, I understand if you don't want to go, it's, it's kind of a lot. Selene put on an encouraging smile. Well, I, I'll give it more thought. I, th- I think it'd be, I think it could be fun with you too. Yeah, maybe you'll see me there after all. Zenobia nudged Kion in another warning about the time. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I, I need to go. But thank you. I had fun. See you tomorrow. May- maybe. Sol laughed at the uncomfortable goodbye and waved, and they both parted in their own separate duties for the day. by the time Naya got released from the holding cell in the palace. She had been there for a few days in waiting and anticipation and not hearing anything 
about what was happening, but finally they came by today and told her she lost her job, that she'd been banned from the palace, but that she was free to go and that no charges were going to be made. They rushed her off the campus, not even giving her time to say goodbye to Selene or Kian, but she knew she would be seeing them again. She had a lot of time to think about what her next steps were going to be while waiting. And because the sun had already set for the day, she couldn't waste any time. She hopped on a train going to the fringes of the capital city and walking through the dimly lit streets. She popped into a convenience store, picking up some basic items and replacing some of the things that she had to leave behind in her dorm on the campus. She stepped out into the darkness and into the night once more taking a deep and heavy breath, stealing herself up and walking forward. She crossed the street and stopped to repack the items in the bag that she just bought. The noises of distant traffic and wind rustling across the street faded into the background, but from it emerged a clicking noise, too loud, too close, and a sound Naya knew too well. She slowly rose to her feet, putting her hands up and turning around. The man stood close to the building in the shadows, hand in a coat pocket, but clearly concealing a gun pointed at her. The man had a mask over his nose and mouth, but Naya could still clearly recognize the bald man as the same one she ran into not long after the bombing and the one she saw at the bakery with Keon. Put your hands down. Turn around and walk into that alley over there, the man commanded, and Naya silently obliged, too far away to be able to act yet. Her body felt a hundred times heavier, the rest of the world a thousand times farther away, as she took each step and turned the corner into the even darker and more concealed alleyway. Clearly, it hadn't taken long for the bounty hunter to find her, and he wanted to waste no time in capturing her. In the alley is a large van, clearly belonging to the bounty hunter, and Naya stops, not able to move any closer to it, panicked familiarity rising. The bounty hunter stays between Naya and the opening of the alley, so that Naya's only options were the van or the bounty hunter's gun. Now isn't this familiar, kiddo? The bounty hunter laughs in an amused way. But I can guarantee you, your little misfit friends won't be here to save you this time. Naya makes eye contact with the man and steals her voice. What happened to the roaches? The man gives a non-committal shrug. Ah, well, who am I to really say? Some died and some found their way into the Alarian prisons. Naya's chest tightened with both the hope and fear that there were still some of them alive, but who knows what fate they were in in the alarm prisons. The man reaches into his other pocket and throws an item to her that clatters onto the pavement and slides towards her, pushing the dead leaves along with it. Put those on, get in the van. The bounty hunter orders, not having much patience for catching up. Naya looks to the man and then back at the ground, where a pair of handcuffs lay at her feet. 
She kneeled and reached out to grab them, but her hand was trembling as she did so. She manages to pick them up before sirens are heard in the distance, quickly growing louder and approaching, and both she and the bounty hunter freeze in their spot. The bounty hunter looks to Naya, anger rising in his face. What did you do? There are door slams nearby, and the bounty hunter makes a dash for Naya, grabbing her and dashing behind her and raising the gun to her head, right as a handful of officers file into the alleyway. Despite the situation, Naya found herself smirking. I had the store clerk call the cops for me, she said softly to the bounty hunter. You really think I'm naive to not think that you're going to try to make a move as soon as possible? That I didn't notice you following me from the palace to the train all the way here? The officers at the alley entrance shout out to the bounty hunter, demanding that he drop the gun and let the girl go. But the bounty hunter doesn't make a move yet. And again, Naya finds herself laughing. (laughs) I am not the same scared, naive little girl you ran into, Naya said before she grabbed the man's hand that held the gun and forcefully twisted it. The man grunted in pain and the gun moved from her head, but he still held a tight grip on it. She quickly turned herself around and instead grabbed the top of the gun, twisting it out of the man's grip, probably breaking his fingers, and the officers behind her rushed in, pulling her away, grabbing the gun, and descending on the man, wrestling him to the ground, and cuffing his hands behind his back. While the officers are making their move, Naya slips to the back and darts out of the alleyway, picking up the backpack that she had left on the sidewalk, hands still shaking as she threw the bag over her shoulder and headed back out alone into the night. So that brings us to the end of chapter eight. Thanks for making it this far. I'm going to say the things that everyone always says at the end of the thing, which is rate, review, subscribe. It's really helpful. Also, I could use feedback. That's always good. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LK underscore draws. I'm not super active, but that's where I post art that is both related and unrelated to this story. And then, of course, thank you to Louis Zong for the music. You can find all of his music on Bandcamp. Very talented artist. Check him out. And I think that's all the things. So until next time.